The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Gibson and Robert Byrne coming to you virtually from TCT 2020, and we're talking about the COBRA Reduce study, a new polymer uh, to be used to reduce, uh, you know, the incidence of adverse outcomes in people at high risk of bleeding. Robert, talk to us a little bit about why you did this study and what you found. Yeah, so uh, thanks uh, very much, Mike, for having me on. So with, with COBRA Reduce, uh, we were investigating a, a relatively new uh, technology, the COBRA PZF nanocoated uh, stent. And this is a non-drug uh, eluting stent. It's a stent that coated instead with a polymer polyzine F, uh, which uh, seems to be associated in non-clinical studies with clear evidence of reduced uh, thrombogenicity. And also because it heals more rapidly, it has an anti-restenotic uh, efficacy that's better than a bare metal stent and seems to lie somewhere between that of a new generation DES and a regular bare metal stent. And the concept that we looked at here was perhaps high bleeding risk patients are a niche for this type of technology. And that's why we did the trial. And what did you find? So <clears throat> what we looked at in uh, in reduce is um, we uh, randomized uh, patients who were on oral anticoagulant uh, for any indication. So we took a pragmatic view of it. You could be on a atrial fibrillation, a mechanical heart valve, uh, venous thrombombolic uh, events, uh, and you needed a PCI. And we randomized you to the investigative strategy, which was the Cobra stand, a very short duration of DAPT of uh, 14 uh, days. Uh, and we compared it against a, a standard FDA-approved second-generation drug-eluting stent with three to six months of DAPT uh, with the proviso that the uh, investigators could reduce the dose intensity of the OAC during the period of the triple therapy, um, because that's what many uh, centers in Europe do. Um, I mean, it's something we can discuss at the end, but I know you always tell me there's 1.8 million ways to pair all the uh, to perm all the different uh, combinations, and that's the, those are the two we chose. Sure. Uh, um, so, uh, so we looked at that 996 uh, uh, patients, and uh, we chose as our endpoints. We had BARC two to five uh, as our primary uh, endpoint for bleeding, and then uh, we also chose a uh, co-primary endpoint for thrombotic events because you can't just look at the bleeding side. And for this, we used death MI, stent thrombosis, uh, or uh, ischemic stroke. And uh, what, do, what did you come up with? So um, the results were surprising, Mike. Um, and uh, when you look at uh, bark uh, bleeding, uh, bark two to five uh, bleeding, uh, we did see a reduction with the COBRA and short DAPT compared with the uh, standard FDA approved DES and uh, longer DAPT. It was 7.5% bark two to five after 14 days. Uh, we didn't include before 14 days because the therapy was the same in both groups. And it was eight 
8.9% in the control group. So it was lower with the COBRA uh, uh, stent and the shorter DAP, but not to the extent uh, that we expected. And we uh, might discuss that afterwards. Yeah. On the other side of the coin, uh, we looked at uh, the thrombotic uh, endpoint. Uh, and here uh, we saw 7.7% with the uh, COBRA uh, stent and the control group uh, was 5.2%. Now this difference was 2.5%. Uh, some of this difference might be expected, but what we're really looking at then is the upper limit of the 95% confidence interval. And that was 5.15% against our pre-specified delta of 5%. So non-inferiority wasn't met here with a P of 0.061. So it was a, a negative uh, a study, and uh, uh, the results were a surprise to us. That, that is surprising. Uh, I guess a little surprising at first on the bleeding side, did the control arm kind of overperform? Uh, you know, somehow were they not as quite of high risk of bleeding as you thought, or was the regimen such that they just didn't bleed? What happened there? Yeah. So, I mean, I suppose one of the things you want to look at, you say, well, listen, uh, now that we have a better, better handle on HBR trials, well, what was the BARC 3 to 5 bleeding? So BARC 3 to 5 was between 6 and 7%. So they're relatively high bleeding risk uh, patients comparable with uh, leaders free or other HBR uh, trials like that. And I think there's a couple of things that we're going to have to look at in more detail because this was really a late breaking trial. I didn't mention at the start, but the end of our enrollment coincided with the start of the coronavirus pandemic. So uh, we were really uh, working against the clock to get this ready for uh, TCT. So one thing we don't have full information on is the compliance data. And we're wondering about non-compliance or perhaps reverse non-compliance, uh, whether or not that could have diluted the difference uh, between the treatment groups. And that's something that we're going to have to look into. The second explanation for the lower magnitude of difference in relation uh, to bleeding gets back to how we designed uh, the trial and the freedom we gave to investigators, I think, to reduce the OAC intensity. And if you look uh, at uh, who had OAC intensity reduced in the study group, it was 45% had reduction during the six-month period at some point. And in the uh, uh, control group, it was 55%. Uh, mm -hmm. So there was some difference uh, there. And I think that's probably uh, fed into the smaller delta than we expected in terms of bleeding. And on the ischemic side, uh, what do you think happened there? Maybe the study was a little too small or just bad luck or did it, was there really more thrombotic events? How do you come down yeah. with that? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, the event rates were were low, really, in, in both groups. Uh, if you look at death, cardiac death, myocardial infarction, there was slight excesses of each uh, in the COBRA stent, uh, really low absolute numbers. Um, if you look at a definite probable stent thrombosis, it was 0.6% in both groups, which you'll know from looking at the HBR literature is really 
good in both groups and this 0 0.6 with the cobra strength you might interpret as a positive uh, with only 14 days of dapt and still 0.6 percent uh, whereas many of the other hbr uh, studies seem to show in this sicker more complex patient cohort stent thrombosis rates of over one and between one and two percent and i think the control group just performed uh, really well they had also 0.6 percent stent thrombosis uh, with a, a longer duration of dapt three to six uh, months. I mean, one thing we didn't discuss yet is IDTLR, which you would expect there to be a difference in a stent that has slightly higher uh, late luminal loss than mm -hmm. uh, conventional DES. And there was a difference, 3.7% uh, against 0.9% for IDTLR. So actually, again, quite a good performance uh, from the non-drug coated stent. Um, but uh, still about a really good performance with the second generation uh, FDA approved DES. Yeah. Well, you know, all of this just keeps changing. We have better and better drugs. We have different doses of the drugs. Clinicians are learning to turn down the dosing to kind of minimize the risk of bleeding. And then we have continued evolution over on the stent side with better and better DES with uh, shorter and shorter courses of therapy required. Uh, you know, it's, it's all such a moving target, but uh, great job, uh, Robert, you and your team did a great job. Thanks for your intellectual honesty and uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks, Mike, a pleasure to be here and to share the results with you. And thanks to all of you for joining us here virtually at TCT 2020.